Welcome in, Khalil. Hey, Drid. Thanks for popping in. Just getting things started. We'll get things actually rolling here momentarily. Be safe out there. Alrighty, I hope everyone is having a wonderful, wonderful day, and welcome to the Fire Army MREs. And uh, we are hoping that you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. Today we're going to be starting off with one of the most important things that could be for people in Web3. And that is simply to say that we are going to talk about your experiences in joining Web3. So, how were you brought into the space? Did you just hear about crypto? You saw it on the news, maybe? Or what was it that made you want to join Web3, cryptocurrency, or NFTs, or maybe all of them? The biggest thing to keep in mind is that we're, we're trying to bring more people. And the biggest thing, I'm trying to let everyone know that Web3 isn't going to go away. It is a safe place to play and make money when you do it correctly and when you are onboarded and know the correct information. So what is that information? What do you think is important? What was your experience in joining Web3? There are a lot of things that we can get into, but some of the main things probably we should touch on are some of the basics. Number one is, well, where's your safest place to hold your money? How do you hold your money? Why would you even put money into a, a crypto digital wallet? Is it safe to keep it in the, the digital wallet? Should we put it in a cold wallet? All those are questions that, that people have to navigate and answer and also figure out that they should be asking. Because the first thing that people realize is that, huh, there is a lot of stuff in here. While it is just another start for a financial market, this is like, just think about back in the early 1900s when the stock market opened. That's essentially what we're going through right now with our cryptocurrency and Web3 and NFTs and, and anything else that might come along down the road. So the thing that I would mention is this, what is your personal experience and what were some of the first things that you learned about coming into Web3? Dred, do you have anything to add to that? Thanks for coming up and thanks for showing up. Appreciate you, sir. Yes. Um... My personal experiences with Web3, um, it was a bit of a learning curve, but I, I do agree the key things that we need to focus on is essentially security, um, where, where to store your money, what wallets to choose, what information is important to a beginner right away and whatever information you is essentially um, 
I want to say uh, a veteran at a veteran level that you shouldn't worry about. That <laughs> stop, baby. That uh, sorry, my daughter just giving me the blues. But um, what information a veteran doesn't? Uh, I mean, a beginner doesn't need that a vet will use. Um, onboarding into uh, different spaces the proper way about going going to buy crypto uh it's so many different things we can touch on um what's a safe place just to congregate just to gain information even that's important because not every place i i went to on my journey was uh a good spot for gaining information that actually led me down a lot of rabbit holes so we can talk about a lot a lot of things but um i do believe security should be the number one thing we go over yeah 100 percent. i agree entirely sorry i think that i i need to look here nope i got it okay and uh exactly and one of the things that's important to realize is just that where are you getting your information how do you know that that information is actually credible and it's really important to discern or find out where that information is coming from and, and the reliability of it. And that is even one of the things being some of the first people being that 1% of the 1% of people in here and doing all the things that, that we do. Um, we, we have to be some of the people that actually have that voice that actually share our good information that we've learned and possibly we've learned through mistakes we've made. There's, there's a lot of people that are some of the first people in this space that are like, yeah, yeah, I I got hacked. Yeah. I got, I got pulled into this and I didn't mean to, and I ended up losing some money. I mean, personally, I have, I have that story as well. And that's also led me to meet other great people that are working to educate and, and teach others. Now, granted, the last time that happened was nearly a year ago at this point. I mean, because I, you, you learn really quick from experience, right? And the, the goal here is to help others learn from those bad experiences. So they don't have to go through that. And so the information is readily available and out there for everyone to know how to do that. And just leading into that is if you're a business in web three, or you want to be a business in Web3, but you're not that, quite there yet, that's where Fire Army can, can totally step in and help you figure out what those needs are and how you can appropriately, securely, and safely teach your, your business members, employees, and create a plan to make that happen. That's one of the things that we offer here with Fire Army using the fire onboarding. So please, Make sure that you stick around. We're going to have some another short music break, and we're going to move on to just some more things to talk about with our onboarding experience. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you share your room.
All right. Thanks again so much for, for stopping in today, and we really appreciate your time. So one of the first things that I, I really wanted to talk about also um, is that the, the merge is over. Where's the party? And that is literally the title that came from a TechCrunch article that'll be posted on our Medium post regarding this room on Clubhouse. So what is the deal? What is the merge? What what, what happened? What, what was the, we're all rich now, right? We had like 0. 0.0001 ETH, man. We, we're in the millions now, right? No, that's that's not exactly what the merge was all about. The merge, in case you're not up on the Ethereum blockchain or don't follow Vitalin Bitterick very closely, was he's the creator of Ethereum. And Ethereum went through a period where there was a large push to make it greener. Making it green is reducing the amount of energy used to, to mine Ethereum. And the only way to really move off of the mining mechanism and into a node mechanism, moving from proof of work to proof of stake, is by changing how it is run. And that is what the merge was all about. That was the first step for Ethereum moving toward being greener. And then also how, how it is, is utilized moving forward. So instead of miners having to mine your transaction and then being paid a specific amount, that, that money that is being earned is switched over to nodes. So what is the difference? Why is it so much different? The amount of electricity used to mine as opposed to upkeep nodes is enormous. Okay, There is an enormous difference between the amount of, of energy needed to run the GPU heavy miners that were used to complete the transactions to now it is going through the node system. And the reason that it was not as big of a deal is that a lot of the things that people are excited about with Ethereum did not actually hit yet. This was simply a move, welcome to the room Trevor, from being a proof of stake, a proof of work to the proof of stake. Did that change the gas prices? No, not really. They've actually been doing other smaller implementations leading up to the merge, which reduce gas on Ethereum. Many people are taking advantage of that already and are happy with that. So where's the 24 cent or less, the, the penny to three pennies that Vitalin had up on his PowerPoint slides when he had his last conference? Well, that's going to be coming down the road. This was just the first of three, three or four phases that will be implemented by Ethereum moving forward by their foundation. And while the cheap of cheap gas is coming it is not quite there yet so make sure that you stay tuned and follow what's happening with ethereum to see what happens so one of the things and the reasons i bring up that that article which will be in our medium about this room is that what was the impact on you and your experience being in the blockchain and web3 was gas prices one of those deterrents that stopped you from doing things in the beginning? Did you try and find a cheaper blockchain? Personally, that was something that I definitely did. When I found out that Solana was available, I, I, I went there quickly. When I found out that the voice, you could literally just use fiat cash and then purchase NFTs or, or things that way. That was a great way for me to talk to friends because they weren't interested in all the other barriers to entry, all the other things that needed to be researched and understood. Jared, what about you? Trevor, feel free to come on up if you'd like to. We'd love to have you chime in on, on your experiences in Web3. Yeah, when I, <laughs> me, I came in in crypto like very early before um, Ethereum was even out. So I, I had the chance to actually watch this uh blockchain uh, span all the technology come in 
and I will say um I had my a select few choices um an ethereal and litecoin came in I did see myself navigating towards litecoin more than more ethereal um and as time progressed ethereum gas prices did get um out of control i even um saw myself moving over to tron for for some time and um navigating through their platform um it's definitely been a journey man um when you say uh think when you think about it um we definitely come come a long way just the whole merge it, it just goes to show you um how much work is actually being put in to try to essentially keep cryptocurrency around for a long the longevity of it is uh definitely uh in question but i do believe it's here to stay yeah, for sure. And uh, that is one of the things that the Ethereum Foundation with Vitalin and what they're working for through these next phases. And I remember when I first started, I mean, it wasn't the height, the height of the NFT DGEN era, but I do remember I, I would just literally sometimes put up how much it would be to make a transaction and see it being like two hundred dollars just to do one transaction on the ethereum blockchain and i'm so thankful that that's not the case when it's high now it's like forty dollars fifty dollars and that was just their their latest optimization for the gas charges and it's it's wonderful that they are working on that it's unfortunate we went almost directly into a bear market once they got that that implemented because that that was one of the main reasons why I would balk. I would not just go into an Ethereum project. But I think that also was what made everyone change their method of launching NFTs and making them free mints. Because when the cost is nearly insubstantial, it's so small, it's like, well, it's like five bucks to get this, this NFT. I mean, people throw $5 on a pack of cards when I was growing up like nothing i mean yeah I'll, I'm, I'll get a pack of cards i love cards i've got folders and folders of them right so what's that for you it's just like do you get the do you get that extra starbucks or do i get an nft this week and i think those are the decisions that we can get people understanding and realizing that to to get and to be a part of web3 is not as hard. And there are many, many more ways to actually do those things. Monica, welcome. Thanks for stopping in. Really appreciate you joining Fire Army today. Uh, we're just sharing about our own personal onboarding experience into the Web3 and love if you could have the chance to come up and share. If not, no worries. But we'll just keep rolling forward here. Um, one of the things also with, with onboarding, I feel that most people don't understand is the 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 different blockchains dread do you have a, a do you have a memory or recall when you had to figure out what blockchain something was on i i have some vivid memories of like oh yeah you know i just got to use my wallet <laughs> yeah man um i do uh i believe i was buying um two coins that i i knew were going to essentially boom eventually but and they are right now well not right now we're in a bear market but right before the bear they were doing well but i thought you know everything was on the same blockchain i just hey go to the site buy it oh my how i was wrong that's when i um learned that uh different there we had different chains um it was a learning curve just adding a chain to my metamask while i'm it, it man the journey has been very surreal um <laughs> yeah truly truly and what does your daughter have to say about her web3 experience uh she's probably saying uh <laughs> when can she get into web3 <laughs> <laughs> i bet 
I think this is the most I've heard her. It's awesome. I love it. No, yeah. yeah. And, and and that's one of the things. I mean, I, I literally, with my uh, Phantom Wallet, I believe that I was trying to actually figure out how to convert Solana back into uh, the Ethereum blockchain. And there was not an easy bridge to use to do that. I just for whatever reason, it would not just connect for me. And I struggled mightily trying to get that figured out. And yeah, truthfully, I think I have five Solana stuck somewhere on the blockchain still. And uh, they literally <laughs> said, it's so kind of them. I mean, because I'm the newbie trying to figure this out. And I'm like, oh, man, no, did I just lose five Solana? And this is when it was worth more than $30, of course. And yeah, the person I was corresponding with is like, well, just keep checking back in. You never know. Welcome to the rude room, Amadi. And uh, you never know, man, you'll, you'll get you. Maybe we'll figure out a way to get your Solana back. But for right now, it's it's uh, stuck in uh, the infinite loop of uh, trying to go to a, uh, a dead end. So uh, but we'll be in touch and we'll let you know as soon as we have access to get that out for you. And it's like, oh, that's so kind of you for my silliness and learning. But again, that's an experience. I, pro I think I'm pretty sure I did that actually the end of November last year. My other quick story would be uh, Time Wonderland and uh, figuring out that AVAX, I knew AVAX existed. I knew it was a chain, um, but I did not understand it. And my, this was my first learning curve when it came to actually like staking in the, the DGEN finance world. And all the APYs and APRs and all, all the other acronyms you can think of. And uh, figuring out staking, unstaking, and using websites and pancake swap. I, that was really the first time that I, I got a real education in it. But th that time, I was able to, I had a person that actually had done it. And he could walk me through it. So it was much easier. But again, like we just have to be available to help others. Most definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm just going to play another quick musical break. And then from there, we will come back and head over to the next topic. So thanks for hanging out. next section we have the wonderful the amazing politicians why am i bringing politicians up great question one of the top exchanges most well-known exchanges coinbase at least in our neck of the woods is highlighting politicians in their crypto friendliness what does that mean well that's a great question what they are doing what coinbase is doing is trying to mobilize voters into voting for people in the upcoming election coming up in November. Only a short month and a half, a little under time frame away to look to vote in or consider supporting people that are interested in crypto. Why would they do that? What's, what's to gain from that? Well, let's be honest, everything. The, the cash flow and the money faucet is opened and closed to the government, as we've quickly learned. And that is one of the things that we have discovered is something that is fast approaching regulation, and it isn't something that's going away. First and foremost, we have regu reg 
a regulation and bill that is looking to pass through the the Congress right now, but we'll be talking about that next. But so Coinbase is actually highlighting specific politicians and how positive or negative they are with regard to crypto. How they're doing this is that they can check the crypto sentiment scores for members of Congress based on their statements. Of course, this is according to Coinbase. So this is up to them to decide how good or bad that could be. The other thing is you can also register to vote, which I think is a great thing. And then also, last but not least, figure out and find out about local voting and, and events like town hall events in, in the local area where they're looking to vote. As time passes, the effort is to expand to global elections, not just in the U.S., but to help people all around the world voting in people, politicians that are positive and willing to accept cryptocurrency as the future in the financial system, as well as point of sale system. So with that, I would say, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Are we just trying to make a new dog, an old dog do new tricks? One of the things that has increased mightily is the amount of money spent in lobbying Congress as it is right now. And are they making progress or not? Might have to do with these specific elections that are coming up next. What do you think? How do you feel about things? Jade, any thoughts on that? I feel like we need to track what's happening in all of Web3 and in crypto. And speaking of trackers, Crunchbase has announced its new Web3 tracker for VC funding to crypto, blockchain, and the next internet. Crunchbase's Web3 tracker is a field guide to what's happening in the world of Web3 startups and investors who fund them. Currently, there is $88 billion in total funding collectively right now to date. 15,874 companies and 79 current unicorns, soon to be 80. Why am I talking about the tracker? Because Crunchbase saw the need of what you are talking about right now. We need to be able to see certain things on surface so that as we're all onboarding and getting used to this new Web3 that is coming, it is coming. We can all be in the know, have the same knowledge sets, and good general practices. And the reason I say this is valuable to be tied to the Web3 tracker is because every chain doesn't adhere to the same code of ethics, as we have all seen and learned in the last year. So when it comes to onboarding and why this matters, it is a very big deal because it is a thing that most of us, including many of us last year, didn't have. So because my onboarding experience went the way it did, I came up with the onboarding manual and I came up with the Crypto Cliff Notes Guide, which is essentially your onboarding guide to Web3 on how to get started with your platforms, your profiles, your first trade investment strategies, terminologies, and all that good stuff. Why did I do that with my time? Because it would have been great if I had that when I started. But just how it would have been great for me, I know it would have been great for the entire market. It would have been great for everybody. If any consumer can go and pick up this pamphlet and read more about how they can get involved right now today from their cell phone, I think more people will be willing to join and try it out. What do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely think that that is amazing. And it's very important to have more tools just like this moving into the Web3 space. I agree. Thanks so much for that, Jade. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, you're just, you're welcome. But, I mean, what Crunchbase is doing is something we all need to do. If you can incorporate that in your business, do it. If you could track what your business is doing that quarter, that week, that month, and display that to your community in different forms of content, book, media, social media posts, that's at least giving the community a way to track your progress, even if it isn't all on one pretty little sheet or a website. It doesn't have to be on a website. It just has to be available. Because as consumers, when we have the right information to make properly informed decisions, we tend to invest hard. 
We invest our time hard. We invest our money hard. We invest our community. All the way over into the thing we're invested in. So it's an action of how is it that you can say in this space, as it's starting, as it's growing, how can you say as an average consumer, you took place in it when it came to the onboarding and the transitions of people coming from Web 2 into Web 3? How can you as the individual creator say that you were involved in that process? How can you as the average consumer say that you were involved in the awesome culmination of what is Web3? Because again, as I like to mention to everybody, we're really in Web 2.5. So why are you here in Web 2.5? Take advantage. Take advantage by making sure you set those standards. Take advantage by making sure you offer those products to communities and to each other. Hey guys. If you're looking for a conversion tracker, there's a great product over here. It was built on a Solana chain. Hey guys, if you're looking for a currency tracker or a converter, it's this and that and it's on the Ethereum chain. Share those products. Share the free products. Share the free tools. Because someone in the Web3 space took their time to build it out of thinking about you. They thought about you. They thought about you to make sure the user-friendly app worked they thought about you to make sure the front end worked they thought about you and your investment and your time so pass it on pass it back throw it forward share the content the information as you come across it whether it's prevention security growth new projects because right now until we have things that we're offering to our communities like the super awesome coinbase tracker then really the community is the one that's keeping up and doing the tracking. So I'll yield the floor on that. Fuzzy, I see you just joined us. Welcome. Did you have any comments uh, about what you just heard? Unfortunately, your volume seems quite low for me. So I'm, I'm only hearing faintly what you were saying, I'm afraid. I can't really comment. Not a problem. But thanks for joining, Fuzzy. And I wondered, what was some of your first memories for your onboarding experience. And that's just one of the topics we're, we're talking about. A couple of things that we've talked about in particular was using digital wallet or using the different blockchains or anything like that. Anything that stood out to you when you were just joining the Web3 space and discovering cryptocurrency or even NFTs? Um, standing out, ooh, interesting. Well, I, I mean, the way I got onboarded was by doing a six-week a uh, course in DeFi and crypto with uh, with someone I know from the UK Psychedelic Society. So uh, he was quite in depth. There was a lot of things recommended. In fact, a lot of those things, if I had participated in those projects, I would have done very well in the bull run, but I didn't necessarily take part in those. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's so many things. I mean, in terms of actually, by the time I actually did do anything, it was like four months later. Uh, I think I mentioned this in our last room that I was in, um, like the sort of barrier, you know, like people are like, oh, how do you protect your wallet? And how do you keep it safe? All that kind of stuff was what was going through my mind. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the first exchange slash app slash wallet, I guess you could call it. Well, it's not really, it's custodial, but um, the crypto.com was the first one I used. Uh, and then I moved over to Kraken and then I moved over to using Trust Wallet as an actual non-custodial wallet. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that you're probably a very well-informed new person because it sounds like that with that course, you were able to discover and see those things from others' experiences. Personally, I just dove into it myself and figured it out. Um, I was the first person that I knew that really was into it. And only after I had joined the Web3 space did I find out, oh, I didn't realize that there were some of my friends that were actually in on this. So... That was a wonderful and great share. So we're going to just spin up the music again and uh, we'll come back right after a minute break.
All right. There's that quick, quick break. And heading into the last topic that we had that we were going to cover today, and I alluded to in the last discussion, talking about Coinbase highlighting those politicians. Well, now we're going to talk about Congress having a bill put forward that would put a two-year ban on Terra-like coins. And in case you might be listening to this and are wondering, what, what's Terra? I've never heard of Terra or Luna or Doquan. What is all that? Well, if you weren't aware, there was a coin called Terra that was linked to Luna. And between those two coins, being that they were linked and pegged to each other, there was a loss of over $600 billion in the following, in the last year. So just like any time there is a discussion about a large, and I mean large, amount of money being lost by people, the government steps in and does investigations and looks deeply into these things. While that could be a, a detractor for some, that is definitely a good thing because, again, like I mentioned earlier, we are in a, essentially a new financial sector. And the stock market went through similar growing pains in their early days as well. So to making sure that history doesn't repeat itself, or maybe it already has, the Congress decided we need to protect our constituents and we need to look at what we can do to save them from other coins that might be set up with the algorithmic stable coin set up or uh, way of being created from being able to purchase them, to have them launched or anything like that. According to the bill, it would be illegal to issue or create new endogenously collateralized stable coins, essentially within its own system, they would be pegging to themselves, according to a copy obtained by Bloomberg. The definition would kick in for stable coins marketed as being able to be converted, redeemed, or repurchased for a fixed amount of a monetary value, and that relies solely on the value of another digital asset from the same creator to maintain their fixed price. So the key yeah. here is that... I would love to speak on that one. Yeah, go right ahead. The, 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 this is where I complain about the same thing that we're doing with our business. I think it's sound. What they are complaining about is sound. It's just the actual act, action and enacting that is very questionable. When you don't have anything to help curve the bonding, Okay, so if you don't have gold behind it, you don't have any other currency pegged to it, then you're not curving or scaling the money up into an actual security growth or being stable. So I think, again, that is sound to say, hey, you need to have some type of curve bonding implemented in place. You need to do that so that you don't crash our economy accidentally or impact as many industries or businesses or people because this is what happens if, you don't have those in place and it gets too large luna being the example so i'm just it, that bill it was going to require a study okay on the algorithmic and crypto backed stablecoin so what do you think they're going to find when they go look they're going to find that a lot of them are either not backed by anything at all and have just somehow made it or they find out that their liquidity is tied up in NFTs. And that's where they're going to get gray and stuck in a loop. But they're going to find a bunch of coins over here that are promising a 1-1 value, but have not gone through a curve bonding process and are not tied to gold. They are going to tweak and pull that apart. Then the Treasury Department is going to take that and hand it to the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve is going to go call its buddy, the Office of the Controller of the Concerned Currency, and then the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, and the SEC, then will have the last two measures. So with this bill, that is the inevitability of, hey, once they get their hands on this and they said no, because you guys have not set a standard, a healthy one, for them to say yes 
these are the issues we're going to run into. Once the FDIC, SEC gets involved, you can cap that. It's done. There is no reversing that. Because once they do that and they make it law, we're dead in the water. And I feel like this is the fight that everyone has to take. They have to acknowledge what went wrong and accept that, yeah, their argument is sound. But how they're trying to enact it and enable that for our community and our creators, and our customers, not necessarily, no, it's not necessarily that good. But when you have 6.9 billion Luna tokens running around the earth that was heavily supported by arbitrage mechanisms, that makes the United States government say, hmm. Yeah, it sure does. Fuzzy, Dave, Dritt, any other thoughts, comments, concerns? Okay with it? Not okay with it? I, I, I was, I was in and out. Was that in regards to the that regulation with stablecoins? That is correct. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I heard a little. I heard a little bit of what um was read out. I think I think that's good. I think that's definitely good. Like algorithmic stablecoins don't work and luna wasn't the first one to go in down in a blaze of glory uh it definitely was the biggest but it was like iron finance was the one before that so yeah i think it makes sense because like you're backing something issued by yourself so that yeah i can see now why there's a bit of a stink and uh they're looking for him but at the same time i'm kind of like well you know what people put their money in at their own risk so I can I could never figure out what the crime was, what the alleged crime. But anyway, uh, I think that regulation is a good thing. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, the one thing about cryptocurrency, while while you never actually sign a disclaimer or a waiver, you, everything you're responsible for your own money, right? You're responsible for what happens. You're responsible for what ups and downs occur. I mean. Our government will happily take a good portion of it in taxes if you're successful with it. But if you're not, well, I don't know if we want you to claim that as a loss. I mean, like you were doing it because you you, you knew the risk, right? So it's very, very interesting that they choose. Oh, well, they could just choose when they, what they care and when they don't care. And, and I think it's very true. I mean, it's very shady when you're pegging something to another coin you created that seems like it's very self-serving to begin with i would definitely hesitate in investing in anything in that method because this is not like different businesses and corporations with select services this is coins that are set up in an ecosystem that are essentially just trying to back each other and the one that's last out is going to be the one holding the bag right the the money that they don't get the empty bag unfortunately. And that's definitely something that as, as I being in the space almost a year now, being a veteran, if you will, I don't really think that I am actually one, but just for the, the people that are in this space, it seems that it, it is the case that we really do need to leave to onboarding and, and telling people about what we know, the experiences, good or bad that we've experienced, but then also tell them or, or help lead them to what they can do to protect themselves, ward against the issues, or anything like that. Any other thoughts, Dave, Dred, or Jade? I am going to speak on this for sure. Jade, could you just I'm go sorry, a little guys. bit closer? I guess it's a hard for fuzzy. Can you talk your head off today? Is that a little better? Yep. Thank you. All right. So, aside from the partisan differences, such as a bill, that would have a potentially bigger hurdle to overcome. Virtually all algorithm stable coins or decentralized finance projects that claim to have no governing body, human managers or jurisdiction or otherwise, or they're issued. Instead, they are in theory controlled by what everybody say it with me, the DAO. So while enforcement bodies from the United States Department of Justice and the SEC to international organizations, including the Financial Action Task Force. And let me tell you, them is the jump out boys. Okay? Like, you may think you're good, them the jump out boys. Mm -hmm. And Bank for International Settlements, BIS. One more time. SEC, FATF, BIS. 
they have asked and said that this is the truest theory. In fact, that those DAOs are 100% controlled by the developers who created them and the decentralization will still make a ban hard to enforce. So, the BIS just felt like at the end of the day, there was a large pendulum swing between the actual crypto vision and the actual reality. When it comes to DeFi being an actual full decentralization. So, several cases. Case in point, example. Dow ran DeFi projects that ran into legal difficulties. What did those developers do? Some of them, they simply burned their private key codes, giving them the back end control. Others, private stablecoin examples, USDT, Circle, as in USDC, Binance, BUSD, they can freeze their assets at the top of a dime. And that's not true for the Dow controlled stablecoin. And that will make it difficult, if not impossible, to prevent their use in any cryptocurrency exchange not based in or doing business with U.S. customers. The biggest thing they can do is make their own currency. That's where the trick came in, everybody, if you weren't paying attention. But make sure you're looking at the left hand. Don't notice what my right is doing. If they made their own going, as in the United States, as in CBDC, as in Central Bank Digital Currency, the process will at least require five years to be launched by several estimates. So that is what prompted them to say, how the heck did you guys do that that quick? See how that made them go look? They finally decided to join. Hey, let's go join the crypto bandwagon, guys. Let's do it. Let's give the people what they want. Our citizens are demanding this. No, they said that this is an inevitable right. And we are not doing a good job by not allowing our citizens access to this or enforcing it or helping. So the federal chair has been very clear. The federal chair has been very clear about launching the CBDC. They said that they would listen. They would have a hearing. They did it. We all watched it. January, February, they did exactly what they said. They had the meeting. They listened. It's good information. We're going to launch a currency. And in the middle of them launching their currency, when they started that process, that is when they said, hmm. Because they found out that they are no exception to the rule to anyone who issues a cryptocurrency. Yes, that included our federal government. And they knew that they did not have enough money to bond and curve that, nor did they have enough stable to bond and curve that. So what were they going to have to do, everybody? Take out a loan. Same as anyone else would do in real life or in the crypto community. Except they borrowed a loan against you and your tax dollars. And they knew it was a sure bet. They knew they hadn't bet on the right pony. And then Luna happened. And they stepped back and said, hmm. So before I spend all of my time, me, Uncle Sam, the United States, before I give all of my money, before I turn over my citizens' hard tax dollars, let me make sure this system is going to be fully beneficial and inheritable to me, I. Because that's what I do as an investor. I am looking about the return of my investment. So I'm going to ask you this question before I yield the floor. What do you think America's return of the investment is on launching a cryptocurrency? Because whatever that answer is in your head, it's the same answer for anyone else who has launched a cryptocurrency. State, small project, DAO, or otherwise. Money. And they want to know that their money is traceless. They can see the transactions, but traceless because they don't need you to know everything, but they want you to be able to see it. They want to play the game too. Mm-hmm. We're going to do like you. However, we have other higher powers to answer to as we have regulations and control. So we're going to do it for an extent. We're going to start here and play that game right along with you. But I have to make sure I get my money back. I have to get your money back. I'm sorry, Susan. I know you paid an extra 200 last year because of COVID. I'm going to get it back. But I'm going to get it back in one to six years because 
I don't apparently have gold to peg into. Well, how did they see how we got back into a loop? We're making the mess by not speaking up and setting the standards. And that's why that's always going to be my underlying bottom line. When you're talking about coming into Web3, when we're talking about building Web3, what does it look like from day one? From the onboarding process because whatever that standard and that ideal is from day one from the onboarding process is going to be the standard that's created industry-wide we've already seen it on repeat we've seen it on repeat for five thousand coins because out of those five thousand less than a third of them are actually tied and curved correctly and less than one sixteenth of that is actually non-profit you know how I know? Because I'm the human tracker of Web3. <laughs> but now Crunchbase has given us one too. So I'm just telling you guys, share, be diligent, do your research, and really think about the long-term investment. Is what you're investing in future-proof? Is what you're building future-proof? Because if it's not, did it ever really exist? Wild dust in the wind, baby. I think it is interesting that they're leaning into creating a coin that is the U.S.'s quote unquote for cryptocurrency, because I feel like one of the things that they fear the most is the transparency that that would bring with everything being written to the blockchain. It's I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't balk it, allowing that to happen. I just think that they're creating it so that they have that space. I think we mentioned this on Wednesday when we were talking. But they definitely want to be involved, but they're not sure how they're going to be involved. I I really see that. I mean, if you think about it, the, the funny thing is, is, I mean, Jade, you're the one that really pointed this out. But I want when you want your money, you want your money. It could be midnight. It could be 12 p.m. It could be 9 a.m. It could be 7 p.m. It doesn't matter when it is. But when you want to get your money, you want to be able to have that access. Crypto is truly really the only place that actually has it complete start to finish a transaction at any time of the day, 24, seven, 365 all the time. There is zero time that this is down unless it's a network issue, of course. But the catch is, is that um, very rarely is it that the networks are down. So if that's the case, the best place to always have access to your money right now isn't actually the banking system. Um, it's either actual dollar bills in your hand or a currency in your hand, whatever currency that may be, or it's going to be crypto. And that's not something I really thought through or looked at until you brought that up when it came to that discussion. And that's something that makes sense for people to understand that if there are times when you need to have access to money whenever using crypto or offering the ability to take crypto as a business is a huge plus huge plus because that means at any point at any time you could access those funds whether they're transferred to you or you need to pay a bill whether you're just looking to figure out how to better serve customers it's something that that you can offer personally through different platforms already available and that's just one of the things that the fire army does and we help businesses understand hey i'm looking for this type of solution well we have a couple of ideas let's sit down and talk oh well man i just i man i always have to go to do this or that at all hours of the night and have to be able to pay for it. And the the thing is, is that with, with cryptocurrency, you have that ability. You can pull your funds when you need them, whenever you need them. And I think it's silly because I've literally almost been in the Web3 space for over a year now. And uh, I've traded cryptocurrency even longer. I'm, I'm actually on four years of trading cryptocurrency, not actually understanding what most tokens actually did. I would just make money off of their face value. Um, but that's one of the, the huge pluses and benefits of understanding the power of Web3 and the new financial sector that it is. 
Uh, sorry, Fuzzy, I am trying to bring you up. I really appreciate you all stopping in and, and, and chatting and talking. Um, trying to bring Fuzzy up here. Let's see if I can get him up here. But, uh, and it's, it's one of those things that when, when Jade had that conversation with me, I was like, that just hit me across the forehead. And I'm like, man, and I have a big forehead. So that, that like means a lot, but it, it really was okay. No worries, fuzzy. Um, but it, it really was something that, wow, this, this is the cutting edge. This is where we're hoping to be. Uh, Jade, can you try and bring up fuzzy? Maybe that'll work. I have and, sent him an invite. I'm not sure what. Maybe we us both doing that is what's causing it. Yeah, then, we're definitely possibly. not each other. You know how that is. We're yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna just let you try and figure that out. But yeah, so I, that that is something that that looking and moving forward, that implementation of all those things, I, and I understand that there are, there is a need for for people to look at and, and learn but the biggest thing is just just sharing with friends your experiences good and bad don't leave out the bad ones just because it was a bad result being able to learn from other people's experiences is the best way to get ahead and we truly just want other people to join the web3 space so that we can grow this amazing thing that we have going on I wanted to just quick run down. Fuzzy, I appreciate you. We're trying to get you up here. I'm leaving it up to, to Jade to bring you up. But thanks so much for, for Jade, normally the host, letting me host today. I really appreciate the opportunity. We have Drid. No, I don't try and say his whole name, but he's an awesome, awesome friend. Dave, thanks so much for doing some detailing with the DriveCoin. If you don't know about the DriveCoin, make sure you look into that. We have Yuri. We have Christopher down there we have billy amazing 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 club elevate coin elevate club been doing a lot of hanging out with him amazing stuff always a pleasure hanging out with them and i'm assuming uh poor fuzzy here we're trying to bring him up yet it just won't let him we just want you to share before we go but i don't think it's gonna let me I'm not sure. I've been trying to get him up. I'll try to get him up again so he can give us some good remarks here. Man, I just feel like he's coming with the sauce and the heat, too. Um, and I sent a new advice, Fuzzy. I hope that that one works. And again, follow us, guys. Give us a like, a share. It's free, right? But um, I have my last 60 seconds of airtime to give you this. I'm going to read you the list from the United States Washington office. Memorandum. The internal memorandum. From September 16th. Don't ask me why or how I got it. In this memorandum, we have a few key characters. This memorandum is in fact titled Holding Mega Banks Accountable. Oversight of America's largest consumer facing banks. And in there is listed Andy, <laughs> the chairman of US Bank Corp. William, Chairman CEO, PNC, Jamie. Chairman, CEO, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, Bank of America, Trust Financial Corporations, Wells Fargo. You now know who's afraid of us. I just read you their names. They're afraid of a community full of creators. Just remember that as you go about your day. And I thank the rest of you for being here on this fabulous Fire Army Friday. I hope to see you soon. And as always, thanks for listening.